the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Welcome back to another episode of Chair 2 Leaders. Glad to have you listening in this week. I'm Ben South alongside my good friend Danny Smith who's out in Wyoming. Danny, how in the world are you this week? Hey Ben, I'm doing good. We're uh, barreling towards uh, Thanksgiving and so we're trying to wrap up some stuff here at work, trying to figure out the next few weeks of ministry headed into uh, this holiday season. But uh, man, life's good. Uh, thankful for that. How about you? How's things going with you? We're doing well. You know, it's that time of year we're fighting a little bit of sickness around the South household, and everybody's got a little bit of a cough and a runny nose. But thankfully, in our house, there's not been any COVID this year. Um, so we have avoided that this season. But just kind of that puny, everybody just doesn't want to feel good. You just want to stay home and sit by the fire and wrap up under a blanket kind of days. But, you know, we're pushing through. You know, this is a, and it's an interesting time. If you if you don't listen, or if you listen to this and you don't live in the South, I think sometimes we forget that, it, you know, it could be 70 degrees and sunny, and then within a few days, it could be down in the 30s and kind of frigid uh, and, and then back up again. And so it definitely can wreak havoc on, you know, the old body, the immune system. So, and once it starts, you know you get a couple of uh small kids in the house once they bring it home from school and everywhere else you just gotta you just gotta let it roll through and it's just a lovely lovely time of the year so if everybody would just get it at the same time and we could just get it done and be over with but it never fails you know there's six of us in our house it's only one at a time and so it's just kind of like a six-week process of getting everybody through every little illness i remember when i was little this is an off-the-wall story but when i had chicken pox my dad made my brother and I play together and hug and that kind of stuff. So he would go ahead and get it and get it over with. And so we'd have it all at once. So I don't know if maybe we should enforce that kind of stuff more. That's like the most dad rule. <laughs> like every mother would be like, no, this is, don't do that. Away, and dads are like, like, you don't understand. This is for the best. That's right. We're going to just get it, it over with. It's for the greater good. Just get it over with. Well, you know, this time of the year, it's not only in your family, but, you know, we got people with college kids getting ready to go back home and they're going to bring all this stuff with them. And so our sponsor for these uh, chair two leaders are about to be sending home their college kids. Central Baptist College has been a great friend of the podcast, and we encourage you to check out their website at cbc.edu. And there you can connect with some uh, admissions counselors. You can find out more about uh, what kind of degree programs are available. If you have a started degree but never finished it, maybe you turn around and you're like me and you're in your early 40s thinking, I want to go back and do something else. CBC's got the PACE program. They've got the traditional uh, programs, uh, their campus life. All that's there at cbc.edu. We encourage you to take a look and hopefully not too many families will experience the onrush of getting sick from what their college kids bring home to them here uh, over the next few weeks. And so, Ben, we hope your family gets to feeling better, and especially as Thanksgiving's right around the corner. And that's you got to be good to eat the pie and the dressing. That's it. That's that's the name of the game the next couple of weeks. That's right. Well, Ben, um, I wanted to kind of throw something your way a little bit, you know, because it is a hard time of the year to um, uh, 
to make plans for stuff because people really do after next week, um, uh, well, after the week of Thanksgiving, I should say, they, uh, they begin to uh, have perhaps Christmas parties, family coming in. Uh, really, the schedule begins to, to, to shorten where I work at, uh, being co-vocational in church planting where I work at. Uh, we're already thinking through, okay, how do you, um, how do you maximize the next couple of weeks um, just for work and everything else? And I think for, for ministry leaders, especially in the chair too, maybe you're in the process of thinking through um, how you're going to maybe end some Bible studies. Maybe you're going to do something specific for the holidays. Maybe you're looking ahead to January thinking, okay, what studies are next? So I thought we could talk a little bit in this episode just about uh, maybe how we choose Bible studies. Um, maybe the timing again with the end of the year, and then maybe we could talk about how we let folks in our ministry kind of speak into that process. So I'll just kind of throw it out to you. What are y'all doing right now? And are y'all going to end that? You're going to keep it going? Let's just kind of throw that out there and see, uh, see where we go with it. Well, it's kind of a crazy thing that in church world, the schedule typically goes a little differently than the calendar year because I, I think most curriculum and planning those tend to fall along what used to be known as the church year, which started in September a lot of times, or with school when school started. So September, October, November was a study time, and so we're actually getting ready to start launching a new study in some of our groups this next week, um, December, January, February. So it's kind of an awkward transition to me. It always seems like December should be at the end and January should start new, but it doesn't typically do that in most printed curriculum. So we always, every quarter we send out to our leaders of our small groups, our, our Sunday school life group, whatever you call it, hey, what do you plan to do this next quarter? Because we don't, where I am now, we don't do a everybody does the same thing approach in our small group ministry. We could have another whole discussion on if that's the best way or not. And I have strong opinions on that. But we we don't where I am right now. And so I, I just sent out every quarter. I was like, okay, here's the next quarter, the dates. What are you doing? What is your plan to study? There's a lot of reasons I do that because I want to know, one, that they're thinking ahead. They're not just waiting until Saturday night to plan a lesson for their group the next day. I want them to kind of have a plan of where they're going, what they're going to be studying. Two, it helps us know what's going on and what's being taught uh, so we can kind of guard the teaching of the church, at least in a soft way, uh, by doing that. Because when you've got groups doing different kinds of studies, things can kind of get disjointed. If you're not careful, they can start heading off into areas that maybe you don't want those groups going. So we just send out a, a quarterly statement to all the life leaders. Hey, what are you planning to teach this next quarter? And if, on that also is an order form for them for what they want for their class if they use one of the recommended curriculum that we will purchase for their group. So I kind of do it in one fell swoop uh, there. So I, I give them some options. I encourage some options and some others do their own thing here. Um, and so there's some benefit in that because it kind of spurs our teachers on to thinking through it, pushing forward, having a plan going forward in the coming weeks. Yeah, I think you you bring up a couple of good points there, and I think one that I'll I'll kind of start with is is every church is different, right? Um, you know, like the churches I pastor, we've always tried to do a January through December budget, but then curriculum wise, like you mentioned, that kind of 
awkward September to next August type flow Which, to it. For your chair two guys who are doing that, and that's the case, it's going to throw your budget numbers off. That's right. Yeah, you're gonna have you're not gonna use any of it till February or so when you're ordering the spring curriculum if you're on a calendar year budget. But then in December you're gonna have one other big expense at the end. Yeah, and and that's kind of alluding to how different churches are set up in different ways to do this. You mentioned that some churches do. Um, you know, a, a sort of everybody's studying this, right? Everybody's doing this particular study. And I, you do have my interest peaked about your strong opinion. So another time, another place, we'll, we'll talk about that. I think like you're saying with these chair two leaders, I think it's evaluating both flow of what that study looks like and then budget to make sure um, that it's being evaluated the right way. It, it really goes back in some ways to knowing what your church expects and what your church is like. Um, anytime you begin to break away from a traditional study, there's always a little bit of awkwardness. You, I think, have to really walk your people through what the studies are going to be if you're going to do something different. For example, if your children's ministry is has just followed the traditional, uh, and again, we're, you know, our Southern Baptist background, Baptist background on this podcast, uh, whether that's, you know, Lifeway or, or a Baptist publishing house, whatever it may be of some type, if you break away and say, you know, we're going to do orange curriculum or we're going to do, you know, gospel project, we're going to do something different. It, it is, I think, walking through this with the leaders of your ministry to help them understand maybe why the change, what that's going to look like, how to implement it. Um, I, it's just not as simple as saying, here's the new study. And I think sometimes that's what we do. We just go, oh, here's the new study. Let's go do this. But that Sunday school teacher has been teaching the same curriculum for 20 years. Um, and their routine is down. And so I think it's helping them understand um, here's why we're doing these particular studies with the church year, whatever kind of transition you're making. Ben, do you find this time of the year, um, you know, most pastors are going to start a Christmas study. Um, again, a lot of churches do missions offerings at the end of the year. And so they'll kind of tailor a missions uh, emphasis in things. Is there, uh, without being too clunky, a way to to implement um, something here at the end of the year and then pick up in January? Again, you, you mentioned that that church year kind of flow. Um, what's the what's the benefits? What's not the benefit of doing that? Well, I think there's there's benefit both ways. Christmas is a great time to do a specialized study, just because you have a few weeks where it is probably more focused people are thinking toward Christmas you can do a study that if you need to fill in some time if you're wanting to start in January it's it's an easy season to do that in in December so that is one idea if you're thinking hey let's push and start in January and it just depends on your approach if you're doing that organized uh, curriculum that's coming out regularly I mean it becomes difficult if you get off dates to keep it up where everybody is and where you're supposed to be. So there's some questions to consider when you do that. And publishers are all kind of adapting, I think, that in that they are making their things a lot more usable in different environments and where they're not as, hey, it has to be this Sunday. You know, there's some, every curriculum, it's going to have a Christmas lesson, they're going to have Easter lessons, those kind of things. But they're using it where it's not as, hey, it has to be done here and you can't just pick it up at another time and do it. 
So I think there's some benefit to just kind of looking at that. One of the other things I want to talk about is when you're choosing this and when you're saying, hey, we're going to go to this new study, there is an educational principle that, that says that when the students are involved in choosing what they're going to study, they're going to be more engaged in that study when they're studying stuff they're interested in. Does that mean we should go and just let, uh, you know, just go out there and say, hey, whatever y'all want to study, just put it on and we'll just do what you want to do? Not necessarily, because sometimes as leaders, we need to remember there are some things we need to study, we need to teach, and they need to know that they're not just going to naturally pick and choose to learn. So we do have to push people. But I just did this in my class that I teach this last week. There were a couple of options in front of us as far as studies. And I just put a card out there and said, hey, I want you to vote. Which would you prefer? What would you want to do? And I learned my lesson on doing that because it was there was only one vote difference between the two different options. Um, and the option that was chosen was probably not the one I would have chosen. Um, but that's fine. So, I, But I was fine with either one. And I think that's the key is giving some people some options. But make sure when you give them those options, you are okay with either choice. Uh, that's even a good parenting thing. Hey, give your kids some options. Be okay, be okay with either thing they choose. And so when you when you do it this way, make sure when you present options that you're fine with either way. And so it does two things. One, you accomplish something you're okay with teaching and leading in, but also it gives them some input so they are more engaged, more involved, and more likely to connect with that study going forward. Yeah, I think it also provides a pathway to developing more teachers and more leaders for that ministry because as people say hey here's what we'd love to study kind of like in your, your case and then you begin to see people that maybe have a gift in this uh because of an interest right we tend to we tend to be better at uh you know teaching or telling others about stuff that we're really interested in you know if you love the the, the your favorite college football team nobody has to disciple you in that you you naturally gravitate towards it um and so i think our discipling process, that's a great evaluating tool to go, hey, I never knew this person actually loved this particular nuance of this. And so we can use them to kind of grow and, and develop. So I think that's a great idea. And, you know, I think that principle of letting them have a a, um, a say in it, uh, I think it also relieves you of the burden of trying to be all knowing about your people um, that we try to be. And I think it uh, allows you to see maybe even some gaps in discipleship that you've done over the years going, you know what, we really never have studied that. Um, when I was a pastor, you know, people, uh, you know, over the course of years, uh, you know, we would always preach through books of the Bible. And, and uh, I found myself, you know, now over the last 15 years or so going, Hey, here are the books of the Bibles I really love to preach through, and here are others that I hope nobody chooses that card, you know. And it's not because I don't think it's scripture and I don't think it's important, but it's a gap. And I need to understand that in our ministry, there are these gaps. And sometimes people speaking into it can help us go, you know what, we really haven't talked about that. We've really not, you know, kind of dove into that. You've always got the one guy that wants to study Revelation and he has it figured out. So you do have to be careful about that. But it is, I think, super helpful. Ben, do you find uh, when, and again, some of this is a bigger picture thing and you hit it again on, you know, budget and, you know, if you're just now thinking through your end of the year Bible study curriculum, you're probably too late to the game this year. You probably need to think about it next year. 
But when you, it goes maybe to a larger planning issue too of planning out your year. Um, and we've talked about that a number of times in a number of different ways. But I wonder if when we talk about people speaking into it, um, you mentioned voting on something. Um, what ha- what are some what are some ways to maybe safeguard that so people are not bringing up a particular curriculum that you know comes from a uh, maybe doctrinally not a sound place? Well, I think the first thing is is as a leader, as a teacher, as you provide the options. Um, when you give them an opportunity to choose between things, you're providing those options. Now, if somebody says, hey, what about this? What I would say is, hey, why don't you give me some information on that? I'll look at it, and maybe we can consider that in the future. But here are our options coming up. So we need to make sure that we're controlling the the options there. And like I said a while ago, just make sure that you provide things that you're okay either way. If it's, you know an expository study through one of the Gospels, or if it's a couple of studies through topics that they want are more interested in. Just make sure you're okay either way. And if you're okay either way, you can teach either one as a teacher, um, but it gives them that, that input and a little bit of skin in the game, like, hey, I helped decide this, so I'm, I'm going to be more interested in it. So uh, I think that just gives you some different uh, looks at it and helps you to just let them have a part, which gives them that say, and it's not just, well, he's deciding everything or or she's making all the decisions and we don't have any input. When they get some input, they're going to be more engaged, more connected, more likely to stay connected with it. Yeah, that's good. No, that I think it's great information. Well, it is the end of the year, and here now we have all of the holiday gatherings, uh, the specific worship services. I mean, you start running into... I think Christmas is even on a Sunday this year. New Year's is on a Sunday this year. So maybe one final follow-up to all of this. Um, and maybe just kind of put a bow on it here. Are, are, you, are you taking a break? Do you give your teachers a break? Are you giving those Bible study leaders a break during this time and then you take it on? Or are you pushing through through the end of the year? What do you typically do uh, with those last couple of weeks? Yeah, and this may be something we could actually dive into a little bit deeper uh, for a whole episode. But uh, for us, we usually take breaks on holidays. We have developed what we call a holiday schedule. And so on certain weekends that are holiday weekends, we just go to a specific holiday schedule. That's what we do every time. So typically our groups don't meet on those weekends when we go to that schedule. But it's we do give our teachers some breaks toward the end and it's a hard time. They're busy, don't have as much time to prepare because they're dealing with family stuff and holiday things and, and and honestly it's harder to get people to come because people are busy and, and traveling. So we, 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 we lower, I, it sounds terrible to say it this way, but we lower the expectations. <laughs> but we just give them um, a break and an opportunity to rest. Yeah, I think that's good. And I, I think that, you know, like you said, I think it's probably uh, potentially a whole other episode. But I do think it's important as you think about ending the year well, you know, discipleship and, you know, getting ready to push through for next year. Because, like, you know, the holidays are great, but then there's this screeching halt where you're just in January and it's cold and people are sick and people are, you know, dialed in till spring break. It's just one of those grinds of the year, uh, it goes from just super joyful to like, okay, let's just settle in until spring gets here. 
And so you want to make sure that you end the year well. You want to take care of your leaders. You want to make sure that biblically you're still discipling people and using that schedule. So, Ben, I appreciate the insight that you give on this today. And I know Ben, uh, he didn't ask me to say this, but I would say if you need any coaching on this, Ben is excellent at what he does there at Central, has done it a long time. And I know um, reach out to him. I'm sure he'd be glad to, to maybe schedule some time with you during this busy holiday season, see what I did. I just obligated you to that. Uh, but no, he would do a great job uh, if you ever needed some ideas to to help with that. Plus, he might tell you about his strong opinions about, um, Probably you know, not. everything. So, <laughs> you know, but, I jokingly uh, say I have never been accused of not sharing my opinion about things. That's right. That's right. So, but, well, yeah. Ben, as always, it's just good to uh, talk through these issues. Obviously, there's a lot more that we could talk about on that. Uh, you know, we always ask this around Thanksgiving. You are, uh, I think, the day we're recording this, you guys are going to be doing some Thanksgiving food at your church, but you're not cooking the dressing this year. Is that, did I hear that right? That is so true. Somebody cooked, else, you and. Yeah, last year I cooked a bunch of dressing. I did, and I just told them, I said, I, I really don't have time for it this year. So um, that's I'm just getting, a model of delegating right there. So yeah, backing out of the kitchen. That's right. That's right. So, well, you know what? We're super thankful for uh, all of our listeners, and we want to encourage you to like the podcast, subscribe to it, share it um, wherever you are listening to this. Uh, we're always glad to have uh, input. Um, we'll, we'll put our own. Uh, we'll, we'll take our own advice. If you have uh, ideas for episodes, don't don't hesitate to reach out to us and let us know. If you think somebody be a good fit for the episode, we could talk to. Let us know on that as well. And Ben. It's going to be a good couple of weeks here at the end of the year. Um, make sure that you and your family get to feeling better. And uh, yeah, we look forward to having uh, another podcast soon. That's it. Thanks for listening in this week. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Chair 2 Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates. And make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.